And we're back, back with another episode of the Gentile Life Podcast. Now, I know it's been a couple weeks, okay, but you got to hear me out, everybody. We were in Vegas. We were in Vegas celebrating our five-year wedding anniversary, and we got back late Friday, uh, which I think that was the second. So April 2nd, we got back very late, and... You know, and then we went right into Easter. You know, we had to do something all day Saturday. We had to do something all day Sunday. And so by the time Monday and Tuesday rolled around, I was exhausted. I didn't feel like doing shit. I didn't feel like doing anything. So I didn't do an episode. I did not do an episode. Um, I I reached out to a few people about being, you know, a co-host and a guest. Um, we just hadn't. And then I kind of just fell off. I got sidetracked doing some other stuff. And so I know I keep saying I'm going to have guests on the show. You know, it's been over a month since... Our last guest, uh, I think it's almost been two months now, actually, uh, and that was uh, Tammy Dudek, who we talked about our SFA days, so that was fun. Um, you know, but uh, I don't know, man. It's just, it was just, it's been kind of a long couple weeks, and it's just been, eh. So anyways, but here I am, you know, I'm going to talk about Vegas, I'm going to talk about how much fun we had, you know, and we're uh, going to, I'm, I'm going to kind of do a reminiscing thing, because think about where we were a year ago today, right? Just think about where everything was at Everything's shut down. You can't do anything. I'm gonna talk a little bit about, you know, how nice it's been to see fans back at sporting events and things like that. Now, I know that's a kind of a hot button topic for a lot of people. Like, oh, well, this is the problem. No, guys, look, just just calm down with all that, okay? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna discuss. All right, I say we're gonna discuss like you guys are gonna be talking with me live. You're probably just gonna be screaming at the phones or radio wherever you're listening. Uh, to this, you're like, oh, you're wrong, Ryan. Eh, you know, it is what it is. But look, we went to Vegas. It was fun. You know, we, we survived because, I mean, obviously I'm doing another episode. So we survived. We survived Vegas. And I didn't know what to expect. I really didn't know. I, I did not know what to expect when we went to Vegas for our wedding anniversary. Now, we stayed at the Golden Nugget on Fremont. And, you know, I had never stayed there before. It was a very nice, um, it's a very nice place. Uh, there's a new place on Fremont called Circa. It's like a big sports betting place, which, I mean, it's like my fucking heaven, <laughs> if we're being honest here, because I, I love sports and everything else. And so you put sports and gambling, hey, you know, I, I'm there. And so, you know, it, it was one of those things where, you know, we, we went there and I didn't know what to expect, you know, so they were like, okay, you got to have a mask on at all times. And you know, uh, well, actually, I guess before I get to that, you know, the flight itself, you know, so if nobody's flown yet, it's it, it's so strange because they want you to socially distance at the airport, right? Like they try to keep you apart, but then they're going to cram you in this tiny ass little plane. You know, it just, it, it's, it's so contradictory of itself. It's insane. But they're like, okay, you have to have a mask on, which, you know, everybody's wearing their mask unless you're eating or drinking. But when you get on the plane, I mean, good God, you want to talk about like, the strictest teacher ever, you know, they are like, look, your mask cannot come off at any time. And if you are taking a drink or a bite of something to eat of some food you brought with you, you literally have to take a bite of your food and then put your mask back over your face as you chew. It's so weird. It was so weird. Cause usually on a flight, like I get a bag of beef jerky and it's like my little snack on the plane. It's so weird to sit there and like pull your mask down, take a bite of jerky and then put your mask back over your face. And if you don't, I mean, if they see you, I mean, they're like kind of like snapping at you like, hey, uh-uh, put your mask back on. It's, it, I mean, it's crazy. So, but yeah, so, I mean, you're sitting there, you know, they're trying to socially distance you at airports, but let's be honest. I mean, it's, it's just, it makes no sense that they're going to 
ask you to distance yourself from people in an airport, but then literally you're going to be like crammed into a, to a fucking airplane. It's insane. And, you know, so for me, I mean, I didn't care. It, it, it was, it, it's not one of those things that I got angry about. Cause I just, I really didn't care. I just thought it was stupid. You know, it's like, it just, it doesn't make sense. Like common sense folks, like common sense has left society a long time ago before this pandemic. And this is just another proof of that, you know, just trying to fly, go to an airport and then <laughs> again, anyways, so like I said, I, it's not like I got angry about it or I got upset. It was really just a kind of head scratcher. Like, really? Okay. So anyway, so we, we get off the plane, we get to Vegas and, uh, you know, it, it was fun. You know, we had a blast. Uh, we, we, you know, we took Ubers everywhere and we saw the neon grave, uh, the, the graveyard of the old neon signs of Vegas. That's actually really cool. So if you ever get a chance to go to Vegas and you don't, and you haven't seen it, go, go take the tour, like the guided tour. It's a, it's I mean, it's kind of expensive, but it's worth it though. Cause you get, you learn a lot of stuff. Like there's so much shit I had no clue about when it came to Vegas and a lot of these signs. You know, these old school signs, the ones that replaced and all that stuff. And so, you know, it was definitely something that uh, I would recommend. It was a lot of fun, which is funny. So we, we had to take a cab or sorry, we took a taxi because you, you, you sign up for a very specific time and we were running late, you know, because I was like, OK, I'll get an Uber. Well, apparently and we found this out after we were left Vegas or I think like our last day there, apparently like Uber drivers were on strike. So there wasn't as many Uber drivers in Vegas as there normally are. Because we were trying to get an Uber to get there, and the Uber wasn't even going to get to us for like 20 minutes. And we had like 10 minutes to get there. So I'm like, well, that's not going to work. So, of course, they got taxis there. And it was very close to where we stayed. You know, the neon gray, uh, the, the, I don't know what they call it, but basically the location of all these old signs was very close to Fremont Street. So it's not like it's very far. I think it's like less than a mile away. But, of course, trying to walk a mile is, it, I mean, it's going to take, tw- it takes some time, you know, unless you're like running. And I ain't running no damn mile, you know. I got the dad bod going. I ain't running shit. So, anyways, we take a ta- we take a cab. So, of course, telling the guy, he thought we talked about the mob building. And I was like, the what? And so he he, he was about to stop. I was like, no, 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 th- we're going here. And so he was like, okay. So he's driving by it. So apparently, there's a building where you can take a tour. It's like four stories, three stories, whatever it is. Of like, you can learn about organized crime in the police of Vegas, like over the last you know since its inception. And I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. So. We're going to go do that next time we get down there. But anyways, so no, Vegas was fun. We're on Fremont Street. You know, they, they require masks, but unless you're drinking and eating, you know, you can kind of have your mask off as long as you're eating or drinking. Um, but if you're walking around, you got to have your mask on. If you're in the casino, you got to have your mask on. If you're sitting at the table, you have to have your mask on. Um, if you're drinking, you can kind of have your mask off. They're not as strict, but there's like pl- not every casino was the same, but some casinos had like plexiglass everywhere. And the way I describe it is like, OK, so when you're sitting at a blackjack table, you know, usually you have like eight people, you know, sitting there. Uh, or I think it's eight, however many there are. And, you know, you're, you're kind of in, you're in close proximity. Well, so what they did was some places they put up plexiglass where so there's a plexiglass half oval, you know, covering, you know, where the dealer would be. Right. So you're looking, you know, can you know how the table is like a half circle? So they do the plexiglass like that, like it's a half circle. And then they put plexiglass in between each where each person can sit. So it's kind of like a little booth that you sit in. And then, of course, there's like a little opening underneath where you can place your bets. To me, I compared it to like when you see on TV the people that go to visit people in prisons and they sit down and it's the plexiglass and it's kind of confined in and they got the phone that they're talking to. It's kind of like that, but it it seems like it's less space though <laughs> compared to what you see on TV or in the movies. Um, it, it was it, it felt a little cramped uh, to say the least. So it, it it was definitely interesting. It was different. Um, and then some places they didn't even do plexiglass. They just had it where 
you know, this the new place Circa, they only had three chairs at a table for blackjack. So it's not like you could sit five to a table. It was literally, you could only have three people. So everybody did things a little bit differently. So if you ever go to Vegas, you know, it, it's still fun. I don't know if there's any shows. I, I didn't, we didn't look into shows this time around. So maybe next time. We'll, uh, we'll look at some shows and stuff like that. So, uh, well, hopefully, you know, by the time we decide to go back, which, you know, we're thinking of at the end of the year, maybe uh, going again. But if we do it again, you know, maybe we'll look into shows and things like that. But, uh, yeah, we survived Vegas. The five-year anniversary was great. Uh, we relaxed, man. Oh, my God, we relaxed. And it was so much fun. And, uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a – it was a fun trip. It was a fun trip. So, but happy to be back home. I can tell you that uh, it, we missed our girls like crazy. You know, I think that's the, that's actually the longest we've ever been away from them. Um, you know, usually it's a weekend. You know, it's like a Friday, Saturday, and then we pick them up Sunday. I think the the longest it was like Friday. Like we saw them Friday, but we didn't see them Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. But we picked picked them up like early Monday morning one time. You know, and so uh, I think that's the longest we've been away from the girls. Uh, <laughs> you know, ever. And so it was weird, man. It's weird as a parent. You know, you, you, you want that alone time and you get it and you're like, yes, alone time, peace and quiet. I can do whatever I want. The wife and I can be husband and wife, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, and then you have all that and then you're like, okay, it's a little too quiet. Like, I, I don't have like a three-year-old coming to me going, daddy, daddy, and like just talking your ear off. And then, you know, your, your two-year-old just like not talking yet, just going, uh, uh. That's all she does, you know. It, after a while, it got a little quiet. We're like, man, it's a little weird. <laughs> it's a little strange, but, um, but yeah, no, we're happy. We're happy to be home. And it was one of those things where, so opening day took place uh, when we were in Vegas, right? And so the the Astros. And for anybody that doesn't know this, you know, I'm, I'm a huge baseball guy. I love baseball. Uh, it's my favorite sport to watch, and really just you know, pay attention to more than anything else. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, it's a boring sport. It's a slow sport. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's not any of those things. It's just your attention span is gone, you know, because we live in a society where if you can't get, if you, if you can't pay attention within seconds, then it's, you know, you're, you're bored, you know, like people say golf's a boring sport, which I don't think it's a boring sport. It's just because I'm not into it. I can't watch it. You know, it's hard for me to watch it. I can, and I can't, you know, I can watch bits and pieces of it, but I can't sit there and watch a tournament from beginning to end. My brother and my dad can. Got a lot of friends that are really big in the golf and that's all they do is they watch golf. And to me it's like it's not because it's it's slow and boring. It's just because you gotta have an appreciation for it. And if you don't have an appreciation for it, then yeah, it's a little harder to watch, you know. So anyways, but I, I appreciate baseball. I love baseball. And so, you know, it was really cool seeing like, you know, they go to they go to Oakland and there are fans in the stands. You know, like there are actually fans in the stands in Oakland. Cause, so California, as is, is, is weird as they are, they were like, all right, we will allow fans to attend games at a certain capacity as long as it's outdoor venues, which to me is funny. It's like, so basically what you're saying is baseball is allowed to have fans because basketball and, um, you know, and football, are, you know, they're all inside. You know, they're not open stadiums. Um, you know, the teams that they have. Well, except for San Francisco, I guess. But the football wasn't even around. I mean, football was done with by the time I think this came out. So, anyways, um, so the fans, and, and here's the thing, the fans hate the Astros because of the whole sign-stealing scandal. Don't even get me started on that. I will I will sit there, and anybody that's like, they are cheaters, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to laugh and go, okay, are they, though? I need you to really think about this. Are they? Um, 
So anyways, I, and people are only pissed off because they won a World Series the year that they, you know, quote unquote cheated. Anyways, that's I feel like it's a whole other podcast episode I could talk about. Anyways, uh, so it was really cool to see fans in the stands, you know. And then, of course, uh, we had our home opener here in Houston, and it was really cool. I mean, I really wanted to be there. A lot of my friends were there. And, you know, we were at 50% capacity. And so, um, and again, I don't know what other places are doing, but, well, except for the Texas Rangers, they're doing 100%. They didn't give a shit. They're like, 100% people, you can come, it's okay. Which, I understand why they did that, because... They opened up their brand new stadium last year and not a single soul could even go into it. So they spent all that money and made no money off of it. Like not even a single thing of revenue until the playoffs, you know, which even then I think they can only have like 10,000 fans in there. It was, it was crazy. But, um, but here, you know, so with Houston, I was, I was looking online and so some, a lot of sections were business as usual. You can buy all these tickets, you're jam packed in, but then there were certain sections. They said, okay, you can social distance if you want. And so I click on them and you could see like groups of four tickets where it was like you could only buy one or two if you wanted to, but uh, it had like groups of four and they were very spread out, you know. So I thought that was really cool, you know, because you got the people like me that wouldn't give a shit. I'm like, yeah, just give me a ticket. I don't care who I'm sitting next to. Let's party. Let's have a good time. I mean, we're wearing a mask anyway, so let's go. But if you have those folks that are really like, no, I really want a social distance, you have that option too. So I thought that was really cool uh, that the Astros did that. And I'm assuming most other teams are doing the same thing. But, um, but yeah, that's what I want to talk about. It was just, you know, think about where we were a year ago. You know, a year ago, everything shut down sports-wise. And, and if you're listening to this and you're going, oh, Ryan, I hate sports. Like, I don't care about sports. You're, you're right. I mean, that's fine. But, I mean, you know, it's okay not to it's, it's okay not to like sports. You know, it's, it's definitely okay. Uh, I'm looking at it more of just a back-to-norm feeling, you know, because for those of us that do like sports, when you're watching these events and there's no fans in this, now football had fans, this year, but it was very limited fans. But I feel like football, as quiet as it can be, and you can hear a lot of things. Um, you know, like I know, like when the Texans played Pittsburgh, I mean, there was nobody there, and like oh, it was a very eerie feeling, and you can it was very, uh, you had the piped in crowd noise and all that stuff. But football, you don't even see the fans. You don't like when you're watching football, you're not seeing the fans because of the way the stadiums are set up. So it, it doesn't like watching it on TV is not that effective. Like it's not that different. You know what I mean? Like you can, I watched football games and there were some no fans in the stands and I couldn't even tell the difference outside of, okay, I can hear what the play call is, which halftime, I don't even know what the hell they're saying anyways, because there's so much different jargon that goes into football basketball. Okay. They played in the bubble. Same thing. You know, it was like, it was weird, but it was weird seeing them like, you know, you're seeing them play with no fans in the stands. And in basketball, you can see the fans with the angles that they shoot, you know, and you can see them getting excited, getting rowdy and standing up. And so watching basketball is different, you know, like when you're watching, it's not really watching basketball, you know, and then baseball is incredibly like, you know, no fans in the stands is impossible to watch almost because that's all it is. The fans are involved in this game more than any other sport. From a TV perspective, anyways, and well, sorry, it's one of one of the two sports. Uh, I'll get to the other one here in a second, you know. And so it was just it was nice and refreshing to see like I'm watching these games and I'm seeing fans in the stands. I'm seeing people, you know, boo my Astros. I'm seeing people cheer their teams, and then at home, obviously the Astros are cheered and loved still down here. And it just it felt like a sense of normalcy, you know, from my from my home which I know it's not there yet, and I know we're, we're hopefully going to get there sooner. 
I think hopefully that lights at the end of the tunnel. Of course, then again, the news coming out about the Johnson and Johnson stuff and blood clots. I mean, Jesus Christ, who knows? You know, I mean, it's, ah, man, it just, I mean, it could be a lot of different things. Anyways, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Um, But it was just, it's, it's so nice to see. I feel like there's a sense of normalcy now with fans in the stands and nothing was bigger than when I watched WrestleMania. Now, for those of y'all that do not know, I'm a wrestling geek, you know, and I might, maybe I've talked about this on the show before. I don't know, but you know, wrestling has been a part of my life since I was a young kid, like maybe eight or nine, seven, eight, nine, whatever it was. And, you know, or maybe I was 10, I can't remember, but I just remember, you know, being in the wrestling when I was young, watching all the pay-per-views, my nana would buy me all the pay-per-views because she had the big satellite dish. So she'd get me every pay-per-view, which at that time, you know, there was only four pay-per-views a year. They didn't have one every single month like they do now. So, you know, and then getting in my teenage years in the 90s, I mean, that was when you had the Attitude Era, you had the NWO, you had like, basically the 90s were the complete opposite of what we're looking at today. Today, you look at cancel culture, where if somebody's offended by something, it's an uproar on Twitter. And because Twitter's pissed off, they decide to cancel shit. You know, it's, it's insane, you know, how this works now. When back in the '90s, oh my, oh my, oh my God! If the if the mindset of today lived in the '90s, they, they it would be an uproar. It'd be a fit because the '90s pushed the envelope on everything. They didn't care. Like it was the most like risque decade. Well, I won't say the '90s in general. I'll say like the mid to late '90s. So probably from '95 to '99, 2000 is when it really, and then a little bit into 2000, maybe like '02. It, it was just like everything. It didn't matter if it was radio, television, movies. I mean, you name it, everything was risque. Everything pushed the envelope. Everything was, you know, just it, it was it was it was a great time. And I'm so happy I was alive in that time because like, t- like looking at everything now, I'm just like, good Lord. OK, what's going to get canceled now? Because that's the world we live in where everybody's offended by something, you know, and everybody's like, oh, well, this back in the day, this is a terrible show. It's not dated well. It's like, well, if you think about it, no show is dated well because what was done in the 70s is not the same as in the 90s, 90s to today, 80s to today. I mean, there are so many shows, not that every show doesn't do well, but you know, it's just, anyways, I'm, I'm kind of getting off track here. I feel like that's a whole other podcast I could talk about too, or episode. Um, <laughs> anyways, but no, so wrestling, I watched WrestleMania. And so here's the thing I saw why I've been watching wrestling forever and I still watch it as an adult. It's, it's a guilty pleasure. And I mean, hell I'm invested and is it the greatest thing in the world? No, of course it's not, you know, but I still enjoy it. It's, it's still fun for me to watch. It's a form of entertainment for me. And so when everything got shut down, I mean, they're performing in empty, you know, their performance center, it's literally empty. There's nobody in there. And it, if you've ever watched wrestling, even if you hate wrestling, but if you watched it once, you got the crowd making noise, you got them chanting and booing or not even saying anything, but there's still the talk and people are talking. So it makes like a little bit of a sound. It's a buzz, right? And watching wrestling with nobody in the stands, it, w- it was so weird. It was, it just, it was hard to watch. Like I watched it, but it was hard to watch. And then they did a virtual thing where they put up all these big virtual boards of people where they could like basically zoom in and you could see their reactions based on what was happening and they piped in some crowd noise. It made it a little bit better, but it still wasn't the same. So when I watched WrestleMania this past weekend and they did it live in Tampa Bay, just like they did for the Super Bowl, with fans in the stands and reacting to everything that was happening, 
Because the, the, the beauty of wrestling is they try to get you to feel a certain way about a certain good guy, bad guy, whatever, right? And if a certain moment happens, they want you to react a certain way, so they'll do it. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And then the thing that you don't really anticipate to be like a big moment or like a big like it just makes you feel something where you get excited or you get angry or you want to boo them. That's like an organic thing that you can't predict, you know, and that's the good thing about wrestling. It's like in sports, you know, you can't predict what's going to happen. I mean, yes, wrestling is scripted. They have a script that they go with that, you know, who's going to win and you know what's going to happen or they know what's going to happen. But. You can't predict on how the audience is going to feel about what you're putting out there. It's just like in a movie, you know, they write a movie script and they, they write it all out and they want you to feel a certain way. And then you go watch the movie and sometimes you're going to love it. Sometimes you're going to hate it. It's just, it's same thing in wrestling, right? So you, you don't know what the reaction, the reaction is going to be. So at WrestleMania, they had all these people. It was just a good, it was just so fun to see reactions, you know? So like with sporting events in general, just so good to see reactions. And it makes me excited because I know movie theaters are slowly kind of getting to where um, they're having movies there and you can have, you know, and I know they've always had, well, I guess I should rephrase this. Movie theaters have been open. They've been doing it a little bit differently, but movies not being released in theaters is hurt, obviously, because that's another experience you got to think about. Certain movies you should not watch at home. I'm sorry. So guys, I'm a big Marvel fan. I love that whole thing that started with Iron Man. It's just, I, I love that whole dynamic in that universe and, and I'm enjoying it. But the Black Widow movie was supposed to come out summer of last year, in May of last year. But of course, with everything that happened, they pushed it back, pushed it back. Well, now they're going to release it in theaters in July, but they're also going to put it on Disney Plus and you could pay extra for it, you know? And it's like, okay, a movie like that, I can't watch at home. I got to be in a theater. Now, if I buy it and I watch it later at home, then yeah, that's a different story. But when I'm watching it for the first time, I needed to be in a theater because I, I, guys, I'm not rich. I don't have a theater in my damn house. So it's like, I got to go to this theater with surround sound, the big ass screen and just really enjoy it because certain movies are made like that, you know, and I feel like we're slowly getting there where you're seeing this and I'm hoping this stays, you know, with a good trend because you know what the funny thing about it is I have not seen a lot of the talk of cases anymore, you know, because, and again, I'm not trying to get down a rabbit hole here, but when COVID was hitting, you know, all you heard about was flatten the curve, flatten the curve. And then that kind of went away. Cause I thought that was stupid. So like, okay, you flatten the curve. What the fuck does that do? It doesn't really do anything. It's like, it's not going away. And so now it was like, I kept hearing about, okay, COVID cases, COVID cases, COVID cases, but it's like, okay, but how many are dying though? Like, yeah, cases are happening where people test positive, but they're asymptomatic. You know, that was the narrative being pushed. Well, since the vaccine's been rolling out and all these people are getting vaccinated, it's like, okay, I'm not really seeing that as the major headlines that I'm, I see every other headline, you know, about how many cases there are in this city or this city or nationally or whatever it is, or how many deaths are happening. Not saying it's not happening, but if the narrative isn't there, it's like, okay, maybe something's going well, something's go, not going well. I don't know. Cause the media, well, the media is the media and it, it's, it's, you can't believe everything that the media tells you because literally it's all about perspective and you know, and the media is going to drive what they want you to think. I mean, that's just God's honest truth. You know, they're not going to tell you the truth. They're going to tell you a version of the truth that they want you to believe in to push a narrative. It is what it is. But anyways, um, but it's just nice to see that fans are out in the stands. It's nice to see that theaters are starting to kind of get back to normal as well, too. 
And it just, it gives me hope and it makes me happy. It makes me so happy to know that, you know, um, you know, we can start going to events again and doing, because I can't wait to go to an Astros game. Like, good Lord. Like I'm, I'm chomping at the bit. Uh, to go, but we just, we can't go this month. It's just, uh, <laughs> our money situation is just not there, but you know, it's one of those things I'm very excited, but, um, yeah, but anyways, guys, I, I mean, that's all I want to talk about was just talk about how happy I am to see fans in the stands. And I think that we're slowly getting back to a, uh, a normal, a normal way of life, you know, and that's, that's what I'm excited about. But, uh, but that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Uh, I know it's nothing special. I think this is, you know, not my greatest episode, but Hey, you know what? It's been a couple weeks. I didn't want to go another week without talking and just, you know, saying, hey, this is what's going on in the world. Here are my thoughts. Maybe you agree, maybe you don't. But, uh, you know, for those of y'all that do listen, I do appreciate everybody that listens to the podcast and uh, shows support. And uh, I, I promise I'm going to have a guest on again soon. Or, sorry, co-host, co-host again soon. I just haven't um, just haven't had the time. You know, it's just it's been a little crazy around here. But I hope everybody's doing well, though. Uh, whether you get the shot or not, there's no judgment here uh, on my part. Uh, but I hope you're being safe. I hope you're excited. I hope things are getting better for you if they weren't. And then uh, if they're still a little down for you, hey, uh, just keep the faith. You know, things will get better. But everybody have a good rest of your day. Uh, make sure that you go follow us on our socials. We're at uh, on Instagram, the underscore Gentile underscore life uh, is where you can find us on Instagram, Facebook. It's the Gentile Life Podcast. Go give the page a like or a follow. Uh, that would be great as well. And then, of course, wherever you're listening to your podcast, Spotify, Apple Music, um, you know, uh, iHeart, wherever it is, uh, feel free to leave a comment, leave us a like, uh, rating, whatever it is, you know, just uh, feel free to leave some feedback. You know, we definitely always appreciate that. But everybody have a good rest of your day and we will see you next week.